How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And good Saturday morning. Welcome to hour number two. Well, I've been getting a lot of fog reports uh, coming in. It's uh, pretty thick out there throughout most of coastal Louisiana, except for extreme southern Louisiana. Grand Isle, uh, surprisingly, is not experiencing any fog problems. But all around the metro New Orleans, Baton Rouge, all the way to across the Mississippi and Alabama coast, there are reports of some thick fog out there. Fog advisory, so uh, take that under advisement. All right, getting to uh, this story about Alabama possibly losing half its red snapper limit. NOAA has published a final rule, and they are going to say that Alabama has to cut their red snapper harvest in 2023 by 51%. The quota last year, 1,100, well, it's about 1,122,662 pounds. It will be reduced to 558,200, which is 51%. Now, they say the reason for that is because the harvest estimates, in other words, the way the federal government and the way the state of Alabama collect data, there is a discrepancy. Uh, Alabama, I'm sure, is going to fight this. They say that the, their figures are more accurate, uh, as are Louisiana and Mississippi's, and that they will, I'm assuming they will challenge the federal government because that is a, a huge reduction in the red snapper catch. But for right now, they're saying, well, Friday through Monday, the weekend openings continue until New Year's Eve. And uh, the quote from Scott Bannon, who is the director of the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources Marine Division, says, now that the regular football season's over and the deer aren't moving, you can go fishing. <laughs> the rut won't happen until January or February, so go fish a few days. Yeah, get them while you can because uh, Snapper may be in short supply if uh, Noah wins out over that argument. Anyway, we got some text messages coming in. Uh, fog is thick as thieves up on the Yazoo River. That's where the old colonel's listening to us in Redwood. He says, go Army, beat Navy. Duncan's checking in. He's headed deer hunting on the Mississippi-Tennessee line. Heavy fog up there, too. Uh, this one says, uh, your buddy Muddy at work this morning. The deer not moving in St. James Parish anyway. And uh, Bro James says he woke up with the air conditioner running in December Fog thick outside. He's just going to lay in bed and listen to us on the radio. And uh, here's uh, David Hubble from Alabama. He says, I got to agree with Ed Miller. Fog this week, especially when crossing the Mobile Causeway several times, has been horrible. Hope all the sportsmen are careful out there, especially in the Delta. And it's strange that we get back-to-back David texts, both from Alabama. This is another David Mobile. He lives out on the county on the Mississippi border. 
He can't see five feet in front of him. He's sitting in the deer stand with his coffee and his dog sound asleep waiting for a nice trophy buck he saw on the camera last week. Hope he showed up. Well, I've never heard of anybody bringing their dog into their deer stand. That may be a first, but uh, I guess as long as he's well behaved and maybe he could help you track. Uh, I'd be a little bit concerned about the dog uh, with the odor and the deer smelling. I, I don't know. Good luck. Uh, let's see. Oh, Eric Mohabarak. He wants to wish Robin Bordelon, who is known as the Mississippi River Catfish Queen, good luck. She's in the sixth annual women's tournament in Point Oshen. I hope it's not too foggy down there. And good luck to Robin. She is an excellent fisherman. And let's see. Uh, here's some. Uh, this is Pinball. He got a good line on that big buck outside of Ponchatoula. No fog or wind. Good luck to you, Pinball. Hope you get him. Uh, good morning, Mr. Don from the Foggy North Shore. That is Jason the Barber checking in. And let's see. We have someone leaving work in Mobile. Really thick fog. Be careful if you're headed out. So it seems to be the worst spot. Uh, Robbie Campo and Shell Beach reported. We got reports from Lake Catherine. Uh, what are you seeing in your area? Text us and uh, maybe help someone out that might be headed that way. 504 260-1870 is our text line. And when we come back, we'll be chatting with Captain Mike Gallo. Find out if the fog's got him in dock this morning and what time he's headed out and what he'll be trying to catch. We'll be back to do it right after we pause three minutes for our break here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I guarantee you right now, many of you listening have a boater on your Christmas shopping list. And if you're stumped for a gift, let me tell you about a great one. It is called Seto. If you get a membership for your loved one or whoever it is or you, is a gift for $199 a year, their membership will get them fuel brought to them if they run out 24-7 tow-ins. If they have an electrical problem, they'll go out and jumpstart them, whatever it takes. They will get them back to the dock safely. It's peace of mind is what you're giving them as a gift, and it's one phone call away. Call Captain Chris. You'll love talking to him. 504-301-4545 or a simple click to CETO.com. And I could tell you story after story about satisfied customers who saw the big yellow boat coming to rescue them. Well, let's talk to Captain Mike. Uh, Captain Mike, I, I got a question from a listener. We'll start off with that. Wanted to know if you ever use top waters for speckled trout and reds, and if you do, what conditions do you throw it? And I know you do because if, I don't know if you recall this, but you and I were fishing one day, and I think it was the first cast I made with a, a, a mirror lure. It was a top dog, and threw it out there and caught a nice speckled trout when uh, we, we 
had some pretty cloudy, overcast, and calm conditions. Do you ever throw top water, or do you kind of is that kind of reserved for people who strictly want to fish top water? Well, Don, I do throw top water, and I do remember that exact trip of you and I fishing top waters. There's a little interesting story about that. I've always been a fan of the original top dog with the low tone rattles. And I know you like chrome. I went to get some chrome top dogs for our trip. And they did not have any with the low tone rattles. They had the high pitch rattles. And I said, well, I guess I'll just get these. It's the only chrome that they have. So I'll get them. And you put a whooping on me that day. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time nailing them, and I loved it. That's my favorite way to fish anything is top water where you actually see that strike. Um, what do you consider ideal conditions for throwing top water? Well, obviously, Don, the best conditions to fish top water is uh, not a lot of wave action, so smooth, calm water, and then low light conditions. Um, we always, the way I explain it to my clients is that at first light in the morning, we can watch the sun come up without glasses, and it doesn't bother our eyes. But by 9 o'clock, when the sun's a little higher in the sky and a little brighter, it bothers us. And I would assume as a fish coming from underneath Allure, the sun is in his eyes as well. So low light conditions always seem to produce best for top water fishing. Yep, love it. Mike, uh, I can barely see you. How thick is that fog over there by you? Actually, I just went upstairs at the lodge to send down some ice for my boat, and I could see the south shore of Lake Pontchartrain from where I'm at. There's a there's a bunch of lights on that um, service station right there where I-10 and the south shore meets. So I have pretty good visibility at the moment. Over the last several days, we've had fog sort of roll in, roll out, roll back in. So it could be a temporary thing that we have some clear vision at the moment. So what's your plan for today when you finally get out and it's safe to go in the fog? Well, I have uh, three guys, locals, been fishing the area for many years. So we're going to bounce around in some of the deeper channels. Current has certainly been a plus. You want to be in those deeper channels where the current is rolling out. If you know where there's a shell reef or a ledge along there, that's where you want to fish. And it's like anything else, you give it 10 or 15 minutes. If you don't catch anything, sometimes you only need to move 100 yards. Sometimes a whole different spot. But once you find them, you ought to catch a few or pick through them. Catch what you need and have a good day. That sounds good. Well, Mike, what, what do, do we look for from here moving into the Christmas season, first of the year? We're looking for a cold front that's going to come in. Will it change things much? Well, the fish are in their wintertime patterns. They're a little scattered because our water temperatures are warmer than they normally are this time of year, but they're not going to stray too far from deep water. 
And that's why those passes are popular. They get down in that deep water, get acclimated to the temperature, and just that's where they'll be all the way until we get to April and start having an increasing photo period. And, you know, then their mind changes to getting prepared to spawn. But at this point in time, they're just eating as much as they can to sort of fatten up for the winter, which is late getting here, but... They're going to continue to eat as long as they can. If we do get some cold, they'll go down into those deeper holes, and that pattern will go back and forth until we get to, you know, like I said, the increasing photo period. Got it. Well, Mike, uh, you know, I was suggesting uh, a CETO package as a Christmas gift. Also a great Christmas gift is a fishing trip and a gift certificate. And I know you have them. If somebody wants to get one, uh, what's the best way to find you? Very simple. You can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. My website is AAOfLA.com. We're on social media at Angling Adventures of Louisiana. And you know, Don, my wife was saying the other day, what do you get someone that has everything they need? You can get them peace of mind with a CETO membership. Absolutely. You know, knowing that you're, you're, it's really a gift for the person that's waiting at home, too, and, and sometimes concerned about their loved one who's out there in the water, you know. So it's, it's exactly that and much more. Well, Mike, thanks for the report. Appreciate it. Be careful in the fog, and we'll see you next week. All righty, Don. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Captain Mike Gallo, Angling Adventures of Louisiana, the home of no fish, no pay. You don't catch fish, you don't pay. Yeah, that's for, that's for real. All right, coming back after this, it's uh, time for Eric Mohabarak to join us and talk about paddling and peddling for your fish. It's our kayakers report right after this. Yeah, they're stroking east, west, north, and south. It's the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, and uh, the Paddlers Report is a presentation of theirs and Massey's Outfitters with locations in the mid-city of New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Covington offering best kayak fishing models and an awful lot of gifts for the kayaker on your Christmas lift. Let's talk to Captain Eric Mohabarak, Louisiana Kayak Company. Uh, what's going on over at uh, Massey's? Do they have any kayaks in stock if somebody wants to put a big ribbon and a bow on one and put it under the tree? Oh, yeah. Morning, Don. Yeah, they sure do, man. They got that Hobie Lynx, and they got some uh, PA 360s left in stock. I think you got a couple Outbacks. Uh, but, yeah, that's a great Christmas present. Make anybody happy, I'm sure, no matter what the age is. You know, that's uh, all, all sex, uh, male or female. I mean, it's not just for the men. It's for the women, too, as we know today. They got that big tournament going on in Pointed Shins. Uh, but, uh, you know, they got some other stuff going on. They got all their fall clothes, and they got the, the ski clothes, too, for your ski trips. And uh, they, Oh, and actually, uh, they got those uh, mystery backpacks uh, at a discounted price right now. And uh, they also have some markdowns on their recreational kayaks. I suggest get on over there. If you, if you can't make up your mind, talk to uh, either John on the South Shore or Val on the North Shore, and they'll hook you up with a gift certificate. And, uh, and it'll be a great great gift to somebody or stocking stuff or something like that you know there's not many places that sell uh clothing for ski trips and i know a lot of people who who make that trip out west they you know they don't know where to go to to check it because they want to see it feel it and look it and try it on and massey's is one of the few places you can get it so if you like to spend your mardi gras other holidays out west and, and skiing as a place to get the clothing. Um, minimalist yep. Challenge. That's the next one coming up for the Bayou Coast Club. Tell me how that works, where it's going to be, and how people can get signed up in it. 
Well, Don, they're bringing it back down to Leeville again, and that's uh, January 28th. And uh, the format is the same same one as usual that we've done throughout the years. It's a shotgun launch where everybody launches at the same place at the same time and has to be back in. Uh, the only thing you're allowed to bring is uh, basically a fishing pole and your kayak and a net. And uh, they give you five lures, so everybody's fishing with the same exact thing. Uh, there is a cap on the number of people. I believe it's 125 people this year. But uh, it's a big gathering. They do a little cooking and stuff after the after the award ceremony and stuff and it, it's a big time and uh it's good to have them back down there in leeville i know they, they can use the help down there all right uh well let's talk about some fishing reports um lake poncha train uh i guess you got the same report i did about freshwater catfish in there loads of them yeah you know who's been sending them reports to us too huh? <laughs> yes yeah. i do <laughs> yeah yeah he's been murdering them left and right man he's been doing real good he's also caught a few fish off the causeway there um not being catfish uh, double flounder and redfish and stuff like that so that's a good sign um also uh, down far, uh, further to the east um you, you launch right there off of, uh i-10 by the highway 11 bridge and uh you hit the trestles and uh try and, if you don't pick up a few fish on the side of the there move more towards the west, and uh, you'll start catching some speckle trout and some redfish, and uh, keep your eyes open for the birds, of course, and uh, it'll either be the orc, redfish, or uh, speckle trout underneath. And they've been catching some really nice fish, and that's not a bad place as long as you got a south wind blowing south, southeast, south, south, south light southwest, let's say. Um, if it's west, I wouldn't go. Um, but, um, yeah, it, 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 it's been on fire out there. They've been murdering the fish along, along about a highway 11 South Shore Bridge over there. Yeah, some nice size fish, too. I'll tell you some really good news we haven't heard and haven't talked about it much lately is Delacroix out of Sweetwater. Finally, some trout yeah. showing up down there. Yeah, uh, actually, a, a good friend of mine went over there, and uh, he, he paddled. He launched at Sweetwater right there and uh, went down the little canal and got in the little lake and started popping the cork. And uh, he ended up with, with, with 22 trout and uh, three green trout. So that counts as a lemon, I think, right, Don? That's, uh, you know, I mean, well, actually, a trout, right? <laughs> well, they, some people say that, but actually they are different. But uh, it's, they welcome in my boat anytime, and, and that's a nice little short pedal or paddle from the launch to get over there too highway 23 yeah. that's that's your your stomping grounds there that's 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 yeah. your place well, tell me about what's happening well, there Don, I mean, I don't think you can pick a bad spot down there this time of year to launch. Um, you know, all if you look on anywhere on on the, on the interweb or whatever, uh, you'll see the reports coming in. It's it's just been phenomenal fishing out there at Low River, and uh, it's just a special time of year. Uh, you got to find the clear water when the wind's blowing out of the uh, southwest. But uh, even on the, on the days with the, with the west winds, you're getting protected area. They've been producing fish and a uh, nice decent trout. You know. Um, the guys in the boats have been catching some larger trout. Kayaks have been doing well, though, catching some 20-inch trout and stuff like that. The redfish seem to be hanging out of the ponds uh, around the mouths of entrances of cuts or uh, trinosses in the marsh. Throw uh, a gold spoon, live bait, something like that up in there, and you'll, you'll get them. Uh, popping cork, it works good. Uh, but it, it's just been phenomenal fishing. They're still catching flounder down there. Um, it, it's just it's just how it's Stand. Eric, somebody wants to book a trip with you. You're one of the few kayak guide services. 
tell them how to get you or if they would like to purchase a gift certificate for taking a trip down the yeah. road when in the summertime and uh, have something to give them as far as a certificate, tell them how to get you. Yeah, well, they can find me on your website, I'm the Butte Outdoors Guy, or uh, they can uh, look me up on Facebook or Instagram, the Louisiana Kayak Company. Um, also, just really just call me. That's the easiest way, 504-313-8292. All right, Captain Merrick, we'll see you next time, my friend. Thanks for the report, and uh, be careful for the fog. Oh, yeah, Don. I'm, getting, I'm eating breakfast before I get out there. <laughs> Thank you. Good idea. All righty. There he goes. Right. Pedaling right. off Bye -bye. into the fog, Captain Eric Mohamarak. All right. Coming back after this, uh, well, you know what time it is. This is the time of the show. Everybody enjoys uh, people being brought to justice that uh, don't play fair in the great outdoors. This time it's the case of the uh, fake duck hunting guides admitting to migratory bird violations in Plaquemines Parish. Back with their story after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, coming up in just a little while, we're going to be talking to Margaret Bishop with the PointerRescue.org organization. And if you're thinking about a pet, uh, either just a, a house dog or possibly a hunting partner, uh, we can tell you how you can uh, adopt one foster one or maybe just help transport one to give it a second chance we'll be talking to margaret bishop coming up just a little bit later on right now though right after this station identification pause it's time to tell you about one of our cases that we get each and every week we tell you stories of people who violate fish and game laws and uh, are brought to justice and we'll be back to do that right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with town dubuque radio network from the heart of the Crescent City, it's Intercom Communication Stations, the Big 870 WWL New Orleans, and 105.3 WWL FM Kenner New Orleans. Dateline Plaquemines Parish, November the 19th, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery Agents Lieutenant Adam Young, Sergeant Villery Reggio, and Corporal Austin Landry participated in the case of two men, Justin Roser and Zachary Falgu, and cited them for operating a guided duck hunt without guide licenses. And Roser also cited for over-the-limit of migratory game birds and transporting fully-dressed game birds. Law says you need to leave at least a wing or head attached until the bird reaches its final destination. That's for identification purposes. The agents found Roser with 32 cleaned migratory game birds, which he admitted came from a guided hunt that he and Falgu illegally conducted. When they questioned Falgu, he admitted giving the birds to Roser. Besides the $683 civil restitution replacement value charged to Roser, criminal fines of up to $3,800 and 120 days in jail is what could be assessed against bogus duck hunting guides. 29-year-old Justin Roser of Buris and 30-year-old Zachary Falgu of Luling, Louisiana, this week's Bad Boys of the Outdoors. Yeah, you may have seen a, a photo on my Facebook page of the uh, the breasted birds. They were all lined up on a tailgate, and that was uh, obtained illegally. And uh, guides now, duck guides, have to have uh, 
operating charter license. It's just like a fishing guide. All right, uh, we'll have another interesting case for you next week. All right, getting to my text message board, uh, they said the fog on the causeway is socked in. And let's see, here's one. Oh, this is daughter number one listening over there in Texas. She's checking in to see if me and Janice and my dog Smokey have our cold gear packed for pheasant hunting in the land of Oz. I think you know the land of Oz is Kansas. And uh, after next week's show, I'll be heading over that way to get some pheasant hunting in over there in, in the great state of Kansas. Uh, and having a great time over there. We'll be broadcasting. Uh, I think uh, we'll be Saturday. Next Saturday we'll be uh, probably well we'll be here. But the following Saturday coming back, I'll be broadcasting uh, when I stop off in Texas. All right. Here's uh, some more. It says when you come out of the mouth of the Wrigley's into Lake Bourne, there's all that shoreline to the right. I always see guys at all different distances from the bank. What are they looking for as far as depth or bottom or what? Uh, looking for fish, obviously, and yeah, there's some drop-offs there, and a lot of times if you get right on that drop-off, that's where the fish will lay in ambush, and uh, that's a that's a good place to do it. Also, sometimes you can uh, find birds working at certain times of the year, and that's a sign that you're going to find fish there, too. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll check in with the plastic man. I got a question from him from a listener about getting access to Quarantine Bay. It's Kurt. Kurt, I'm not sure what part of Quarantine Bay you want to get to, but there's a couple of ways to get there. We'll talk to the plastic man about that. <clears throat> He's not hunting this morning. We got a break in the splits for the duck season. We'll find out where the fish are down that way right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And the plastic man is none other than uh, Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures, and he joins us now. And Ryan, uh, how's the fog look where you are right now? <laughs> it looks white. <laughs> <laughs> Looking right back at you, huh? <laughs> yeah, plenty white. <laughs> yeah, it's been foggy all week, you know, as long as we get these warm temperatures. And then when you get by the river, the river water's colder, so it's even worse. But, you know, we're we getting around there. I mean, you know, we have radar most of all our boats. Do we have to do? Yeah, you just got to watch for those people without the radar. Uh, what well, are some... you can see them. <laughs> yeah, you can see them, but they're not seeing you. Run for your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, like the other day, it's like one of the officers down there said they had like 60 boats in the jump in that fog. You talk about dangerous. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, that can be real chaos there. And I'm surprised we don't have more accidents when we have this kind of fog, you know? Yeah, you're right, but the fishing has been off the charts, buddy. Yeah, you know, it's I know. so weird when you walk up to the fish cleaning table, they might have eight or ten different species sitting there. I mean, oh, my God, it's crazy right now. Well, that's the results of a low river. You know, it said last I saw 1.9. Yeah, two. it's uh, it's going to stay low into January unless we get some kind of flood up north. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, usually it'll come up in November if you get a low river historically, what I'm talking about, in sometime early December. But I, the only time I saw it this late was the year of Katrina. It stayed till February. And that, oh, my gosh, it's so good. Well, if somebody's coming down that way, what do you suggest uh, as far as, you know, a mixed catch or something that you would specifically want them to target? What would you say? What's well, the best thing? Them. I mean, what do you want to fish? I mean, they, they can catch anything from catfish and bass to speckled trout and flounders and redfish and croakers and uh, white trout. Uh, 
You go out to the yeah, rigs right now, and the red snapper will literally come to the top, and you can just sit there and catch them which one you want. I mean, it's crazy. You can't keep them, but it's fun. Yeah, well, got to release them for sure. Um, Ryan, I got a question came in from a listener named Kurt. He says, when you're crossing the river from Buras to the East Bank, do you use our stricker locks or the cut on the right to get to Quarantine Bay? I guess it depends on what part of the bay you want to get to. If you want to get to the part that's further south, you'd go through that cut. What is that cut we use to get through the, the name of it? Well, there's no name for it. It's just the first cut just south the, of, uh, of, of of the, the locks. But of locks, you go yeah. in there, take a left and a right, and then you, you catch the, the big um, pipes that are going out there to mark the channel. But as soon as you get to the first little PVC pipe, you have to go left and go toward the bank, and there's a channel there now. Because all that all that is building land. Everything to the right is solid. I mean, you, on a low tide, you'll see it. It's sticking up. It's like islands out there. Four miles off the river, we have land coming up from, from that Neptune Pass and, and, and the Australia Pass, too, because all that's growing from there. And it's hard as a rock, but it's, uh, it's really a good thing. Yes, indeed. So where will you be fishing today and who with? Uh, fly fishing, actually. Um, there's a lot of big bull reds around. And uh, they got uh, four guys from Oklahoma came down to fly fish, and they in for a treat. Because as soon as the sun comes up, because you don't want to go too early because it's shallow and you'll blow them out. But when that sun comes up and the fog clears a little bit, you go in and you can really catch some big stud reds. We're going to do that here pretty soon with with uh, with Sarah, too, but there's a lot of black drums, a lot of sheep heads, a lot of fly fishing opportunities there. What uh, what will you be using as a fly for those bull reds? Well, I went the day before yesterday. I, I was throwing my my normal purple with short truce bunny tail kind of fly, and they really were confusing a little bit, so I went with a little shrimp because the water's still full of these juvenile shrimp. So I went with a little shrimp pattern, and they started eating it. Then it was game on, so... I imagine, I imagine that's what we'll throw today, the shrimp pattern. Are these guys you're going with, are they pretty accomplished fly fishermen experience, or are they rookies? <laughs> Everybody that comes here is an accomplished fly fisherman until they see a fish. <laughs> <laughs> then they lose then, it. They lose it. Yeah. When they see a 40-inch redfish floating on top of the water, all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, you talk about redfish fever. You think it's problem with bucks. It's worse than that. <laughs> that line will tangle around your head, and you'll cook somebody. It's so funny, but it's a it's a fun sport. And and you know what? There's a lot of them right now, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, sooner or later you'll settle down and, and get you some. But it's you get it somebody that's really good. You can you can put some fish in the boat. And you've always said you want to put that that fly how far out in front of its nose. Uh, well, it depends on how fast he's swimming, but I always go two by two. You want two foot in front of him and two foot on the other side of him because yeah. you don't want it to just land where he's eating, you know, where he's going to eat. You want it to be coming by him in front of space because another thing with the water this clear right now, you don't want him chasing it because then he has time to look at it. He can say, huh, I see that hook. You know, you want to come by the side of space because you want him to think that he jumped it out the mud and boom, he'll hit it so fast like that. So, yeah. There's an art to it. You know, everything's got, a, got its, its little techniques, and that's a great technique for them.
Yeah, that's you want to get that what they call reaction bite, where he just all of a sudden he sees it, and the first thing he does is grab it. Well, I can't wait till we come down there and, uh, with Sarah and, and get some video of her. We can put it on Bayou Wild and give some tips on on fly fishing for reds. It's a great. We'll sport get some big old, big, get get some big old canvas backs and redheads and pintails yeah. before that too. So it'll be good. I'm gonna hit the Noliasi Sunday and uh and shoot a few down there. And make sure that you know they they doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Okay, try to chase some back this way when you're down there, too. <laughs> <laughs> we <thought I> will. <laughs> All right. Okay, Captain Ryan, we'll see you next week, buddy. Take care. All right, buddy. You have a good one. Captain Ryan Lambert, CajunFishingAdventures.com. You can find out all about him. Also get those gift certificates. When we come back after this, all right, thinking about a holiday pet, uh, would you like to help give a pointer a second chance? Uh, it's an organization I'm involved with. It's called Pointer Rescue, and Margaret Bishop's going to join us and talk about how you can get involved. There's a lot of ways to do it. Back with her right after this pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're getting close to the holidays, and a lot of times we think about pets as holiday gifts or treating our pets uh, with special care during the holidays. And I want to talk about an organization I'm involved with called the Pointer Rescue. Joining us now is Margaret Bishop with PointerRescue.org. She's one of the volunteers. Margaret, good morning, and thanks for getting up early with us to talk about this. Oh, good morning. Happy to be here. Tell us about Pointer Rescue. What is the organization about? Pointer Rescue is an organization that's actually been in existence for, I believe, 20 or 25 years, and we rescue pointers, specifically English pointers. Um, they get brought in to the organization. Sometimes they come from shelters. Sometimes they come from um, plantations. If a, if a hunting plantation has a dog that hasn't worked out or has just um, gotten a little too old, they'll turn them in to us, and then we, we put them in foster homes and get them all the medical care they need and and they turn them into, you know, beloved family members, household pets, and get adopted out. Well, I've become involved in it. In fact, we, we have a, a relay going on today. We're transporting a dog named Clyde to his forever home. And uh, I got to tell you, there's a lot of self-reward in participating in this. Uh, and, and a lot of people can get a pretty good hunting dog. Some of these dogs are capable of, of becoming nice pointers and retrievers and become hunting buddies. That is definitely true because sometimes they may not hunt up to plantation standards where they have to hunt, you know, 10 hours a day, all different handlers, but they make great. If you want to have one hunting dog and you're going to take them out and walk up some birds, they just are the best for that. Well, let's talk about uh, the adopting. If someone wants to adopt one and, and, and give it as a Christmas gift to a family member who's been wanting a dog, uh, what's the best way to go about doing that, to find one that they think they would match up well with? Okay, well, Pointer Rescue also does a good job with that. There's To find one, there's a website, which is PointerRescue.org. Um, or if you're on Facebook, Pointer Rescue Comma Organization is the Facebook, and you can find all the dogs that are um, available. And as you know, since you're helping with the transport, and I know you've done that before, you can find a dog up to 1,500 miles away. And um, Pointer Rescue puts you in touch with the person who's fostering that dog. And then you can talk to them, and they can tell you all about the dog, and you can make sure it sounds like it's going to be a good match. It's going to be what you're looking for. And what about the foster program? If someone wants to volunteer to foster a dog, how does that work? 
same thing. You would go to the website and you would apply. And um, there's a, you know, screening process. And once you're through, then you work with Brooke, who I believe you had on your show a few months ago. And she matches you up with a dog that's currently waiting for a foster home. And, again, it can be 1,500 miles away, and it comes to you. And one of the things, too, and the way I got in touch with you through your daughter, Cherie, is um, when you're a foster, you get a mentor. So you have someone you're working with really closely with any questions about how to help how to that help dog, that if dog, there are particular problems, if there are particular health problems that dog has. So you really have someone kind of kind of in your corner the whole time. All right, so let's look at the scenario that's going on today. We have a pointer who's being rescued. He's found a home. He's going to be adopted, and he's being picked up from the foster and transported. His name is Clyde. I'm part of the transport. If someone wants to just do that, all you have to do is show up, take the dog and put it in your vehicle and drive it to the next relay point and, and turn the dog over to the next person. All these dogs are healthy. They have papers. They have shots. Uh, they're a little exactly. bit stressed out. But, you know, I've always found that the ones that I've held, it's almost like you can feel that their thankfulness to you. They kind of give you that feeling like, hey, thanks for what you're doing. I, I, I don't know. It just Maybe I'm imagining that or maybe it's real. No, I think you're exactly right, and I think, you know, they can be a little nervous, but you see pictures of these dogs on the transport, and they're sometimes in someone's lap, or they're, you know, sitting on the console, looking ahead, eager to see the next, you know, what's coming up. I think they, I think they do know, and I think they are grateful. And it's uh, wonderful to give, you know, just to give these dogs a second chance, you know. Exactly. And like you said, if you don't have time to foster, if you're not ready to adopt, you can sign up and you can do, you know, I think it's a couple hours. They ask you to drive 100 miles on a weekend. Um, and that's a great thing. Sometimes if the dog needs an overnight, so if they, like I think Clyde actually is a two-day transport. So someone has volunteered to keep him overnight. Um, and that's a really fun way to help, too. Yeah, I've done that too. Well, it's uh, it's 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 fun, it's rewarding, and it's a good way to find a, a pet if someone's interested. Pointerrescue.org. Margaret, thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for the volunteer you work with this organization. Believe me, it's, it's oh, a well, thank you for all your help. I know you've you've really and your family have really contributed a lot. Uh, you're quite welcome. Thanks again, Margaret. Have a merry Christmas. And we'll get you an update on Clyde. <laughs> Clyde is a dog we'll be transporting today. Pointerrescue.org. All right, that's about going to wrap it up for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We do this every Saturday morning. We spend a couple of hours uh, chatting and talking to our friends uh, in the outdoors, getting reports, try to help you find some fish, maybe get out and do a little bit of hunting. Uh, we got the hunting seasons coming up. I know for a lot of you, the rut season is kicking in. The rut is when the... The breeding season, when the, the bucks start chasing the does, there's a lot of deer movement. It's a good time to be out in the woods. And uh, in basically in the Louisiana area, it coincides with the holidays, so you got a little bit of time off. I know those of you in Alabama, you got to wait a little while. You guys are late January, early February, but your time is coming. All right, thanks again for listening. Join us again next week to our journey into the great outdoors. Find us on uh, the station you listen to us on. We also stream uh, live on odyssey.com if you want to catch the stream. See you next week. Have a great time. I'm the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.